0: here Here we we go go. again what is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neon belly podcast we are your hosts nate and also john
1: and brandon
0: boys got a lot this week holy cow strap in folks we're probably going long today we're going over one for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) This week, we're going to recap last Saturday's UFC Fight Night live from Long Island, headlined by Yai Rodriguez Mm -hmm. versus Brian Ortega. What a letdown that was. We'll get to it. Then we will give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night in London, headlined by Thomas Pinot versus Curtis Blades. And Brandon has one of our world-famous facts. Don't care about your feelings. And finally... All the news and happenings, all the tea. There's a lot. There's a lot. We got two so, cups. We got so yeah, we got two cups of tea to <laughs> spill today. All that in, in the world, in and around the world, excuse me, already getting tongue twisted <laughs> of MMA. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 87, Neon Belly Podcast. Let's
1: go. Boom. 13 away. From mm-hmm. a 13 away
0: from a hundred. What are mm-hmm. we gonna do for our lucky number one hundred? We need some suggestions for that. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what to do for a hundred.
2: Yeah, we've talked about possibly trying to do some merch. Yeah, we got to do something. Um, man. Brandon's offered whatever his next kid's first name could be to somebody who wins a contest. That's a good idea.
1: <laughs> All right, um, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> didn't say right no out to there. that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say no to
2: that. Sorry, Abby. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, maybe we could. Call let somebody call in if they win some type of contest we got to do something something to get people involved
0: i agree i agree it's crazy most podcasts i think i saw a statistic that like 90 percent of podcasts don't make it past like episode 30 or something like that Mm so
2: so 100 is like the blue belt right probably you stuck it through i think that's fair we we should
0: probably give ourselves a blue belt i think that's what we do podcast
2: blue belt ceremoniously yeah we can start printing them we start getting our own Making our own patches or something. I
0: like this. I like where this is going. Have a stripe system. Keep that idea going. I like where this is going. Yeah, because then we can just stripe ourselves. Hang up our white belt behind us. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. (laughs) This is good. This is good. Boys. I want to know how your guys' weeks went, but we're going to have to save it for the end because we have a lot to get to. Yeah. And I don't want to waste it off top. We need to get right into everything. Mm -hmm. Um so save it for your one for the people if you do have anything. Brandon, I'm sure you don't that's okay it's
1: kind of rude but it, it
0: is rude but it's the truth and okay there's,
2: there's been uh, like three weeks I'm like guys <laughs> you guys keep asking me these questions and yeah. i don't have answers <laughs> yo know,
0: guys i'm not good at this What's even it? though we do it 87 some weeks in us, a row some of us some well it's so more like
1: 80 for some him. of us that's work true. real jobs on the side just saying yo, some don't, some don't of even of this, go there some of us do actually some of us keep a whole somewhere. town on their back yeah, don't even go there
0: yeah i don't even go there i can barely walk i'm so so much pain speaking of pain Let's get into this main event. Yeah, before we do, though, John, rate, follow, sub, Boom. let them know.
2: Listen, we got, we've got, we been telling you guys this. You know the spiel, but I'm back to give it to you again. Apple Podcasts, get on there. You can give us five stars. You give us a review. It pushes us out to more people so we can do more cool things. Um, we have a million ideas. We're going to keep this going, but also on Spotify, you can give us a review. On IG, Neon Belly Podcast, TikTok, Neon Belly Podcast. We're pushing out videos that you guys can see and... You know, Nate puts a lot of time in editing him. Come in, show him a like, throw him a you know a comment, tell him how good he did. Whatever, we just need some love.
0: Yeah, you know, we're sitting here talking about merch. The thing is, man, you could support us for free. Yeah, and all you have to do, follow us at Neon Billy Podcast, click a like on a video here and there. You don't even have mm-hmm. to do every single one, but the biggest thing, too, man, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, is giving us those five stars. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, writing those reviews, man. That is good as gold for us right now. Like John said, we've got so much that we still want to do with this podcast. We we don't even want this just to be a podcast. I right. mean, there's so much more that we can do. Uh, we were just talking about some YouTube content that we want to survival start show into. that
2: Brandon's going to headline. Yes,
0: Brandon's <laughs> going to spend three weeks in his backyard and show you how to live off of nothing. Yep. Um, I mean, we have ideas. It's just we need the support. We need to grow. We got to mm-hmm. start earning some money off this thing. So please, anything helps, boys. Last night, UFC fight night, Long Island from New York, our main event, Yair Rodriguez defeating Brian Ortega by injury, TKO at 4 minutes and 11 seconds of round one. Um, man, hard not to feel like we all got robbed as fans here a little bit. To no fault of either fighter, of right. course. Um, but it does still hurt um, that it ended so fast and it ended the way it did. Um, obviously, Ortega pulling his, uh, trying to pull his arm out of an armbar there. Attempt uh, attempt from Yair. Pops Shorter shoulder. pops out of socket. Apparently, a torn labrum uh, is the diagnosis I heard. Um, so, I guess we can just start there. Your thoughts on the fight and the way it ended.
1: So, it, look, Yair looked great. I yeah. mean, it was looking pretty good for him going. it the, For the sure. four minutes we watched, Yair looked really good. He was really kind of teeing off on Ortega. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see the wrestling improvement I was looking for yeah. for Ortega. He did get it to the ground, obviously. That's where it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was just that weird scramble. You know, like Yair threw his legs up. And um, it was kind of hard to tell what happened. I even watched the replays, and I know it looked like he was pulling his arm out. But it was just still really hard to tell what happened. Yeah, it is. Um, But, yeah, man, really unfortunate to end the way it did. But it was... I mean, on the feet, man, Yair was doing what he does. So, Mm, yeah, I thought those straight rights from Yair, he was
2: setting up and landing very crisp. Obviously, we know Ortega has a super chin, but you're only going to eat so many of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Ortega struggled for that first takedown up against the cage. Yeah. Got to the second one, but Yair got to a good spot in the scramble. And, you know, it is unfortunate when things end like that because, I mean, we see it on the striking side. A guy checks a kick, breaks a leg. Um, You know, we've seen. Even some submissions go farther than they need to, like with the Noguera and Frank Mir where the shoulder pops out. Um, It is unfortunate, but, you know it's the fight game you know they talk about it all the time
0: I do think you know Yair deserves a little credit for it you know that had to be probably a pretty tight arm bar I mean it didn't look like it um, but had to have some type of a tight grip on it because um, you know clearly Ortega had to use a lot of force to pull it out Mm -hmm. Yair was giving some force back which probably led to the shoulder separation could have been an injury there prior I don't know still a freak accident don't get me wrong but I don't want to totally just say like oh you know Yair doesn't deserve any credit because Ortega did take him down he did throw up a, a really good arm bar attempt that he mm-hmm. does deserve credit for. Clearly, like I said, was tight. Like both of you guys say, said, though, I do think there's still some things that we can take away. Um, yeah, you're definitely looking faster, more technical on the feet. Um, I do not think Ortega saw that jab coming a lot of times. I mm. mean, he was uh, I mean, he was getting stunned with it, and you could see on his face, like, you could just almost tell he was just like, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> right. Like, what was that? Huh? Um, which one are you you to hit me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, though Ortega was able, like Brandon said, to eventually get him down, which led to the end, he did struggle in that position, holding uh, Yair against the cage, trying to get him down. Um, and I'll say this, man, just based off of what I saw, if they fought again tomorrow, everybody's health 100%. I don't think I'm picking Ortega nope, again. Either. I think there, I mean, there was just, I don't know if it was just kind of going to turn into an off night for Ortega or man, if Yair was just looking that sharp that early. Um, but yeah, just, I thought it was looking like, and and you got to think too, those takedown attempts or that takedown attempt from your Ortega, they're dry. It's mm-hmm. early. Should be a little easier, you know as we get in around three, four, or five, those guys start getting sweaty. You should have to really, if that was Ortega's thought of how he was going to get Yair down, you have to start thinking that wasn't going to work, you mm-hmm. know, as the fight went on. Mm-hmm. And then if it turns into a stand-up battle, did not like the chances of <laughs> no, what I was no. seeing on the feet
1: there. To me, it was interesting that he was going for the takedown so early because yeah. what I, typically I feel like when you watch Ortega fight, he likes to stand. I mean, sure. he, do, he does enjoy to it. Took them right hands. and Yeah, and when he was starting to get really kind of, kind of teed up on sure. that's when all of this he started really shooting for his takedowns and i was like yeah i think he's realizing something pretty quick that he's not going to be able to sure. hang out here and that's when you started to see him resort to the wrestling and just yeah. wasn't there
2: some of the con uh like comments i've seen on posts about it it's interesting to think about because we look at it as an injury stoppage but the shoulder popped out due to a submission sure, that Year was throwing up. Right, You know, if somebody was going for a knee bar and you reap yourself and your knee blows out, they still get the credit sure. for that. I think sometimes that gets a little bit away from it because we've seen fighters break something and then a fighter pounces on them, ground and pounds right. them. It's over. Granted, the injury is what caused them to curl up. Sure. But they still got the finish. If Year would have wailed on him and hit him a couple times you're looking at a tko instead of a doctor stoppage Mm -hmm. so i think that's something that people got to take away from it too is that the shoulder doesn't pop out if your year doesn't have a really good submission in
0: yeah i said freak injury but that's what i said you know Yair definitely deserves credit there you know it kind of was like you know the anderson weidman leg break right Mm -hmm. like it was a freak thing that happened but Weidman did check that kick, right? So it's like, you know, you kind of got to do it. You got to do the technique, and and Yair did the technique. He did exactly what he needed to do. I thought that was very positive to see that, okay, he wasn't just going to accept Ortega, you know, instantly threw his legs up to, you know, wasn't just going to let him land in his guard or anything. Very Mm -hmm. active, it looked like guard. So... Total credit there, for sure. But uh, moving on now, you know, we knew with a win, Yair was probably going to have a pretty good uh, stake at the title, right, or to make Mm -hmm. his claim for it with, you know, obviously we talked about with Josh Emmett being right there as well. Um, We do now know Volk is going to have surgery Mm -hmm. on that hand. Probably going to be out for a while. Dana 12 was Twelve weeks,
2: at, I think. What I heard. Probably,
0: yeah. That might be what I, I think. I did hear that. Um, Dana said in his post fight that an interim title fight between Yair and Josh Emmett makes sense. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that's the best case scenario for all parties involved here. All three of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I will say though is, and I told you guys last night, um, Yair cannot leapfrog Josh Emmett. Though, if the interim title fight doesn't happen for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, Yair is one and one in his last two lost to Max. Um, I will give him credit for the win last night, but still kind of like an odd little win there, Mm -hmm. right? But still, to be 1-1 and in your last two, you can't take it away from a guy like Josh Emmett. To me, that's not enough to pass him when he's gone on a five-fight win streak and looks so good. So if we can make the interim title fight, Mm -hmm. perfect. But all I'm saying is if it can't happen or timelines don't, you know, we know guys get injured in training. You know, different things can happen. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, (laughs) unless Josh Emmett were to get hurt, Yair cannot leapfrog Josh Emmett, to me, based off of what we've right.
2: seen. Well, well, I guess my question is, if he would have went out there and finished that armbar legitly... Yeah, completely different. Yeah. Okay. For sure.
0: He would have a stronger claim, I would right. say. I still don't think you can pass Josh Emmett, but given the, the more recent performances, and I mean, once again, let me say this, the Yair-Volk matchup is about as tasty as it comes for me like Mm -hmm. let me just go ahead and you know that (laughs) that's a matchup i want to see for sure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we know as weird as yair's last couple years have been we know how good yair is right i mean some of these circumstances of his career once not his fault. I mean, yeah. just think this People guy are trying just. To tell keeps, he's starting to get cursed he at this point like where weird fights are just luck, man. Weird, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But when he's in there and he's on his game, I mean, even the Max fight, right? Yeah. Arguably could have won that fight as well. Mm. It's just it's circumstantial for him, but he is as good and he deserves the shot. But I just don't think it's enough to pass Josh Emmett to this point.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there is also I know I seen Bryce Mitchell called out for a fight year, year to try to get to a title fight. Not a bad call out. Um, but you know if something does happen with you know a Josh Emmett somebody like him in year for an interim that oh, could for be sure. good too. I do think interim is a way because obviously you have Ortega now who has the injury so that rematch is probably still a no, ways yeah. out. And then you have Volk going out for an injury so that's the I mean you don't get much better than that. And I know the UFC tries to push Mexico heavy. You do that in Mexico yeah. that could be huge. Yeah.
1: I mean there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I have no problem with um, Emmett kind of being the guy, um, and then with the interim title. Interim title, I think that's perfect. Um, yes. If Yair do, I, w- I will say yeah. If if Yair had beaten Ortega, especially like first round submission, yeah, you beat the number two guy like that. Yeah, I mean, then I, I, I can t- see like. Okay. Well, and that's what makes that tough is I
2: mean that's kind of what he did. He threw in a he threw in a submission and trying to get out of it, the guy hurt himself. That's a finish. Technically. <laughs> I think it's just like,
0: it is, but it is still a freak injury because it's not like he had the arm straightened out and like right. we know what an arm bar is, right? right. And that wasn't an arm bar um whether he just had you know the arm and shoulder pressure up. must have just been crazy. yeah you know he might have been pinching his legs real tight you know mm-hmm. good technique good form it just i think
1: it, ortega's had like two shoulder surgeries you said yeah. too right that's mm-hmm. what i said yeah. and
0: who knows if ortega was carrying a shoulder injury and he, maybe right. he didn't even know about it you know right. so but i don't want to take anything from yair mm-hmm. either because the facts are the f- uh four minutes and 11 sec- seconds that we did get that early and I mean, anything could happen in a fight, Matt Chanel. We'll get to you in a minute. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> but it was looking like Yair was just a level above Ortega that night. Did you and
2: guys see uh, Ortega's comments after the fight?
1: No. No. Were they about the fight?
2: Yeah. Um, he essentially said, let me see if I can. I, I think I have it in my notes here. Uh freak accident. It just sucks. Everything was going my way. Literally I was winning every minute of the fight. The world saw I was about to show what I do best, which is grappling and take control.
0: Yeah. I mean he was in a good position. You know, there there was like fifty seconds left. You know, so if he it it did look like he was clearing the arm. That's what's so weird is it looked like the elbow was had he had cleared the elbow for the arm bar, right? So, um, like I said, I don't know if Yair just had a good enough Tight pinch there or whatever, but you know who knows. Brian Ortega, fifty seconds. If he would have gotten to full mount or neon belly, like it right. kind of looked like he was going to that position. Who knows? Um, but I'm just, yeah. I mean, it's. But to say you were winning every minute, yeah, of the that's, fight that's and everybody not saw true. That's, was, just, yeah. that's just not true. But that's I know just, that's kind of his
2: personality too, though. Yeah,
0: and I know, <clears throat> you know, take Yair, off the
2: puffers. We're gonna spar.
0: I know Yair said that uh, he would like prefer to do it again for a championship. And I'll tell you what, man, him. Uh, you know, if he were to beat Volk, if or whatever, or whatever circumstances, mm-hmm. those two and rematch for the title would just be oh, same mm-hmm. thing. Well, that fight should have been that fight should have been madness. Right. Yeah. You know? and, and
2: another plot twist to this, which we'll talk about some news that's happening later, but Volkanovski's reaction to that news was saying he wants next. Mm-hmm. So an interim might be something that's floating around for a little bit, even post him recovering from his injury. Yeah,
0: but that's why I said is if the interim title doesn't happen. For whatever reason, it just Yair cannot leapfrog him in my opinion. There's just, as good as the fight would be, it just...
2: He's I mean, we've seen more stuff that makes less sense, but I get what you're sure. saying, for sure.
0: Co-main event boys, Amanda Limoges defeating Michelle Waterson Gomez by submission, guillotine in round two. Just an absolute filthy guillotine by Limoges. the way that she locked that up. Um, Waterson went for a single leg. You know, Limoges kind of w- reverses it with a hip heist, locks up the guillotine for the win, and... Um, you know, I thought Watterson did uh, obviously have some success early in the, with the takedowns in the first round. Mm-hmm. Might have even a squeaked that round out with the takedowns in control. So mm-hmm. no surprise to see her go for it again, but just a pretty dominant performance, in my opinion, uh, by Limoges, uh, if you ask me. Your guys' thoughts, though.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I didn't remember to bring this up when we talked about it because I was uh, picking with my heart. But uh, <laughs> Michelle Watterson was like an atom weight at one point, yeah. you know, fighting at like I think it's like 110 or 105 pounds. 105. Yeah, and it looked like that. I mean, Lamaze just looked a lot bigger. Maybe um, <clears throat> and you know, she was she wasn't landing the she was landing big strikes. Michelle was trying to be quick with her kicks. Yeah, it was hard for her to get out of way of some of that stuff. And then that guillotine was. Super tight, super quick. And she fought it for a lot longer than you see some people fight. Yeah, but It looked tight.
1: But it was just too much. Well, I think as much as... Um, Watterson Gomez was is an atom Or was an atom wave Lamoges is just big yeah, For that yeah. weight class too so sure. it's even, She could even more, more yeah, Powerful Yeah and she's long I mean she talked about The guillotine specifically Being something they work on Just because mm-hmm. she is so long So just really size wise Was a, probably just A terrible matchup For Watterson Well
0: stylistically You know like I, We talked about it, You know Watterson's really good At poking those legs out Right But she just does not do good With girls that just Come forward And yeah. just bomb And that's, I mean, just, and that's mm-hmm. what Lamoge did to her Teed up on her um, I think, you know, the, the Jess Kondraj fight is unfortunate, you know, uh, for Limoche cause it doesn't look good, you know, in terms of, the, of where she is now. She did drop a lot, uh, but a win like that, you know, to get right back in it. I, th- I think she's going to find her way back up to the top pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, next fight boys. Ji G- Lee, jilangong defeating Muslim Salikov by TKO in round two. Uh, what a performance by the leech here uh, to end Salikov's five fight win streak. This is the first time we've seen Lee since uh, he's his very one-sided loss to Hamza mm-hmm. Shimaev. Uh, you know, we're, we're only a year removed from that fight. And here he is back again to show people why they need to put some respect on the name Li Ling Lingong, quit calling him Jang Lang. No, way he better, deserves man. he deserves some respect, man. Uh, your guys' thoughts on on the leech here getting a big win yeah. over another contender that they clearly were trying to feed him. Yeah, you uh, know,
2: I know uh, a lot of people are really big on Muslim, and I mean you know Lee he, he did show that he's in that tier where you have to be a certain level to beat him oh yeah and it just lets you know how good Hamzat is really I mean to be able to dominate oh yeah people don't dominate Lee like well, that. well dude
0: before and, and before the Hamzat fight they fed him or they fed him to uh you know Santiago yeah. Diego because you know they thought ponzanibio was going to be this big contender and he was like no 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 <laughs> right. I'm the leech baby
2: yeah and, I'd like to see him you know give him another shot yeah. I feel like he, you, you see now that you have to be a certain level to deal with him and he takes a lot of you know contenders out so Give him somebody else that he can test himself against and see if he's learned his his yeah. lessons.
1: Yeah, I think it was still overall a, a good showing for both guys. Like I thought, Muslim still had yeah, moments. That like He good looked point. good as well. It yeah. wasn't as if um Lee came in and dominated the fight. I mean, he won. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I thought it was a good fight against two guys who were very good contenders for the yeah. division. And um Lee again, yeah, you're right. You know, showed why he's not a guy who's just going to go away easy. You yeah. know, it's yeah. not somebody super well rounded too. Yeah. I and thought I mean, the grappling looked well. Yeah, the, go ahead.
0: No, I, just, I was just going to say I thought it was his best performance that mm-hmm. I can remember. Yeah,
2: I mean, you look at his last three losses, 2018, Jake Matthews, Neil Magny, and Hamzat. Yeah, they you know, always try
0: to—well, that's what I'm saying. They always try to feed him to, like—they they try to put him in this gatekeeper role, and it's like, man, I, I think he needs some, like, legit opponents here, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, these are legit guys he's fighting, don't get me wrong, but you just get the sense. It's like, well, let's see how good this guy is, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And that
2: was a big jump for Muslim, too. His biggest fight since before that was Trinaldo. Holland's at 170,
0: right? Yes, Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that'd be a fun one. That's See a him. great shout. Mm. I love that idea. Uh, boys, the next fight Whoa. Matt freaking Danger Schnell yeah. defeating <laughs> Sumu Darji by triangle in round two. Oh. I almost don't even feel like we're worthy to talk about this fight. Um, <laughs> there really aren't even words to me that can be used to explain the madness. <laughs> I'm going to
2: keep going with this. But there's only four words you need.
0: That was this round two. Oh, man. If you, if, if you haven't watched this fight and you've never listened to anything we've ever said, <laughs> go watch this fight. Um Round two, you don't even got to watch round one. Round one was fine, nothing wrong with it. But you know, you got Sumo Darji, right comes out in round two. There was the nut shot early, and then from like four minutes to two minutes, just proceeds to lay a beating like on seventeen Matt elbows, or something dude, crazy. The straight lefts were just cracking, stunning him. Then he's like teeing off, like like setting up these like crazy standing elbows, and every single one of them are rocking mm-hmm. Chanel. He's falling to his knees, you know, dropping him. Then Schnell cracks him with, like, a straight right. and I mean, Sumo Darji's head just snapped back. Right. <laughs> like, he went to, like, another world. And then tries to come back, and beautiful level change by Matt Schnell uh, to get Sumo Darji down. Mm-hmm. He's in full mount, landing elbows. Sumo Darji, you know, Oompa sweeps him. Gets, gets in the four guard. <laughs> Matt Schnell throws the legs up for a freaking triangle, puts him to sleep. I'm telling you guys right now, there's not much more space. I could probably put it behind me. That picture of him coming out of that triangle is going to be on this wall behind me. (laughs) Um, that is just, like, one of the most insane. I'm at work, too, by the way, for this fight card yesterday. Right. So, I'm sitting there, and pe- I know people. I had, like, earbuds in, but I'm sitting here, like, going. Like, DC was all of us watching that yeah. fight. Oh, hundred oh percent. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> work. It was
2: getting high pitched. It was cracking me oh, up, Oh, sure. dude,
0: but just what a, once again, what yeah. a fight. I mean, Matt Schnell, take a bow. I, I'm going to shut up now. I'm, I'm still just, like, no. I watched yeah. it again this morning, so I'm still just as excited. But anything you
1: guys want to add? Sorry. I don't even know what there is to add. <laughs> There's like no- that. <laughs> I mean,
2: we don't have this category in our end of the year awards, but we're going to have to add it just for them. Round of the year.
0: Round of the year, comeback of the year. I yeah, mean, like, just insane.
2: And, you know, for somebody like Chanel, he needed this. Yeah. You know, he's been kind of up and down, back and forth.
0: And I mean, said coming into it, he does he i don't know if you guys saw his pre-fight press conference he said man i just i'm having a hard time getting excited for fighting like he's like i'm having a hard time getting up for it i just you know it's a fight i'm ready to go but i just don't really get excited for it anymore and like could have fooled me yeah, i mean <laughs> like,
2: like, his last four opponents you're looking at pantoja tyson nam uh Monturin, yeah, and brandon Royville. like
0: oh i don't like said, it. it's yeah. speechless i mean words can't put in you just have to go watch it. If you didn't see it, if you did saw it, you're probably sharing our excitement with us.
2: How many people are surviving that? I mean, the oh. way those elbows were connected, and he was just
1: kind of paw- like it was freezing. Him. Oh it's like he dropped the Every controller for a second and he it had was, to. He would like he was grabbing yeah. Chanel's hands and then throwing them yeah, over the top. Like, like it was just, just up, most. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's still he's still a problem at flyweight to be able to Sumo land those, Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, and he's so long. Ground like, game
2: needs some work because it, it took him a minute. Like once that takedown happened, it was I like, don't know, man. He that, got him out pretty quick and easy.
0: The way he kind of bucked. Yeah. I mean, I. He's called an, an um an oompa, but it wasn't really an oompa, he just kind of
1: bucked him over. But mm-hmm. well, if you remember, he was in mount in the first round, yeah. And interestingly enough, he had really good defense mm-hmm. from, from mount to not get hit. Mm-hmm. Now, in the second round, things were a little different towards sure. the end, but he actually looked really good as far as waiting off punches and then reversing position to get to guard. I so, agree. Same thing off his back, too. He he's still to pretty to young, guard. he's only 26. Sumo Darji, yeah, yeah, 5'8 at
2: 125. He's still a problem, but Mash now, man. Yeah, just a Ooh, veteran dog. veteran
0: performance. Boys, next fight Shane Burgos defeating Charles Air Jordan uh, by majority decision. 29 28, two judges. 28 28, one judge. Um, that's how I scored it. I, I actually scored this a draw. I told you guys yesterday. I thought Burgos won rounds one and two with his grappling. Probably wouldn't have expected that going into this fight. Uh, but nonetheless, he did a good job with it. But I gave Jordane a 10-8 round in the third. And if that's not a 10-8 round, then I just I don't know if that exists then. Because yeah. I don't know what else you need to see. That was a beating for literally like mm-hmm. four minutes and 30 seconds. Maybe
2: maybe the takedown at the end kind of keeps you away from a 10-8. I, mean, I don't, you don't think so. No, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying if I'm trying to make some sense of it. yeah, Because, I mean, Jordan outstruck him by a hundred hundred punches. It was unreal, man. Uh they did give uh Burgos three sub attempts in the you know, those first couple rounds. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, that third round <sighs> judging, man. Yeah. Judging, judging. Something
1: that stood out to me in this fight, and this is unrelated to the decision, um, but was, okay, so Burgos was on his back for a lot of that fight, Mm -hmm. and we've talked before about, like, you know, what do you do when a guy's on somebody's back for three minutes, and it's, like, somewhat uneventful. But what Burgos was doing on his back was exactly what I would, would, I think we should be looking for in terms of, like, if you're on somebody's back and you're struggling to finish, Mm -hmm. because he was constantly throwing really hard shots, neck cranking, Mm -hmm. trying to, because from the back, if you think about it, you can you can move the position yourself. You're not completely dependent on the bottom guy to mm-hmm. move. And he was using his hips and using his weight to yeah. shift to, you know, having his Burgos, or I'm sorry, Burgos' opponent, how do you say it? Jordan. Jordan. yeah. Jordan. he was trying to shove him over to his stomach to land some big shots there. And I just feel like he demonstrated what it means to really be active when you're on somebody's back and they're doing a good job defending. Because to me, that was exciting. Because yeah. he was constantly digging for the choke throwing good shots, and switching the position.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and unfortunately, I mean, it's kind of tough, right, because he committed to that game plan so early. But Shane Burgos, a guy, right, uses his footwork, constantly moving, and he said his legs were just done after I that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he literally held him minute for, like mm-hmm. you said, like probably around round and a half. I don't know how much control time they gave him, but most of that would have been from the back. So I'm sure he just... <laughs> demolished his legs there he gave and him 6 minutes and Yeah 25 seconds. And, and probably dang near All of that was on the back So right. With a body lock So Yeah good performance You know um, I just thought Maybe should have been a draw I mean yeah. to me
2: Yeah they, it was a really good fight They yeah. both And I mean You can kind of see the legs Going out in that third round Because oh, Burgos yeah. was getting Out of way of a lot of Especially combos He might eat one But he yeah. was getting out of the way And throwing back That third round He was just getting lit Well it's up. a mm-hmm. weapon
0: for Burgos I mean he's just so good moving, <clears throat> moving on his feet Really athletic And yeah I mean it just kind of slowed him all the way down, but if that would have ended in a draw, I would have signed up for the rematch. Instantly. Yeah, you're you know, not going to want win. to see those two throw down again. you know. For sure. uh, next fight, boys, Lauren Murphy defeating Misha Tate by unanimous decision. 30-27 on two judges. 29-28. I think more 30-27. Uh, but, man, Lauren Murphy really seemed to be on another level in this fight. Uh, she mm-hmm. had a clear speed advantage on the feet. Um, actually took Misha down and defended every single one of Misha's takedowns, which, you know, going into it, I think you would have gave Misha that advantage, at least if nothing else Uh, but yeah just a really well-rounded performance by Murphy
1: yeah, i thought murphy looked good and misha didn't i mean yeah. i don't know what more you can say about <laughs> yeah, that I, that's the headline i literally yeah. <laughs> yeah. i just don't think she looked good i don't know if you attribute that to her age maybe she just wasn't really feeling it that night maybe it was just murphy just that much better i think yeah um but yeah it just wasn't a good showing for misha and murphy looked great like he's a defended everything yeah. takedowns of her own pieced her up on the feet i mean she looked good yeah and you got to give misha
2: credit for going after the number three in a weight dropping she's down. never fought at. Yeah. yeah that's a good point um but you could tell there's a reason why lauren murphy's number three right and you could tell i mean you could tell that not that you could tell it was her first fight down but sure. there was a lot of working against her in this because as soon as i feel like about a minute in she tried to do some clinch stuff ended up eating some punches and then her whole demeanor switched to oh i gotta get this down shot a whole bunch of shots that got stuffed really was never able to get it going and like even uh, in the know in punching range Mm -hmm. she wasn't really able to land much she just wasn't fast enough well that's
0: what I wonder how much of it was she just realized she was a lot slower I mean it was like I told you it was like glaring yeah how much slower she was than Murphy um so yeah just a tough one from Misha man and and now she's really put herself in a tough space because it's like do you still try again at 25 you know do you commit yourself there do you go back up to 35 where she's made it clear she doesn't want to be because the whole Juliana Pena thing but now you're pretty far away from a title right that's two losses in a mm. row do you retire you know i hate to put that on her because she is only in her early 30s granted has fought a lot mm, and she's a long 35 time. isn't she Thought younger than that I think she's 35 you might be right murphy's 37 <clears throat> yeah but you know she could definitely walk away i mean she's done everything so i don't know interesting gonna be interesting to see what misha does moving forward but yeah,
2: i mean her only win was against a girl who was about to retire as well
0: yeah, was it uh, um, uh,
2: Marion? Yeah, Marion Renew. Yeah. So, you know, Ketlin obviously, I mean, it's not like she's getting finished in these fights, but sure. she's just, you can just tell she's just not the same. She's always been tough. Yeah. yeah. I just
0: I don't know, man. It, it is so tough to know. Um, last fight that we are going to touch on, boys Ricky Simone defeating Jack Shore via. Second-round submission. I can't say enough about Ricky Simone, boys. Extends his win streak to five straight. Hands Jack Shore his first professional loss after going mm-hmm. 16-0. Um, boys, maybe I'm kind of overreacting here on a Sunday, or I mean Monday, uh, but I think Ricky is a future title contender at 135 pounds. Arguably the best wrestling in my in the division, in my opinion. Carries power in his hands and, and sneaky good. With submissions as well Has a few of those Cardio and pace Seems to be there I mean it's This guy is going to be a problem Called out Sean O'Malley Love Sign me up Let's go (laughs) Let's go I love that match you know who's not signing up for that fight? Who's that? Sean, Sean O'Malley. Yeah. <laughs> well, he ducked him, right? <laughs> yeah. They offered it to him years ago, and Dana kind of exposed him. Yeah, I uh, think he took that um, – who's uh, the, the dude with the green hair that he no, – No, that was the last no, minute
2: I replacement. Think, I think he took – no, I think Ricky Simone tried to get into that too, though.
0: Maybe, but they were like, yeah, because Dana was like, you know, yeah, we talked to him, and he was like, you know – you know what I'm going to fight Ricky Simone. He's just going to take me down for three rounds, like you know, or hum me for three rounds. Yeah, he kind of got exposed there. But Sean O'Malley clearly wants nothing to do with that yeah. matchup. And if I'm watching that fight last night, Mm-mm. don't blame you. Run, <laughs> run. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's five
2: in a row for Simone, and the fiver. I don't know if you've seen that list, but where's he ranked? Is he up there? I yet? Think
0: he's like 14. He's
2: got to be. I mean, Shore was ranked at this point. I think they were right next to each other, 14 15. Something I mean, like that. yeah. But five in a row Ray Borg, Pirello, Brian Kelleher, Hafeawa uh, Sun and now Jack Shore. Yeah. That's, Just, I mean, his only losses being Rob Font and Uriah Faber. Mm-hmm. So, I mean,. Yeah, I mean, I think Marab has a little bit to say. Uh, him and Marab would be crazy as far as the wrestling.
0: Yeah, I don't. Marab's wrestling is okay. He's not really. He's more of like a cardio pace guy. Right. I think Ricky's wrestling is leaps and bounds better than Marab's. Um, it'd be interesting.
2: There are some interesting fights up there for him for sure. Oh. Um, even like with Aljamain, with the, his level of grappling, you know, you get up there and it gets interesting. But yeah, no, Ricky Simone, twenty and three the dude's a stud. I don't I don't see anybody calling him out. So
0: sent Ricky an email over a year ago for an interview. When's the last time that Ricky
1: was tough. on a, like on a main uh like a pay-per-view main card? Has he been on one? I don't
0: think so. Be a good um, fight for him next. Well, Usman
1: what- and Burns was his
2: uh Brian Kelleher, but he was an undercard.
0: Yeah, and you know the thing is, you know, that could be an O'Malley fight could be exactly what a guy like him needs. You know, especially if he were to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that could be That'd be huge for him.
2: Oh, he's already beat Morab. I didn't see that. I scrolled down. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. So So there you go.
0: There you go. Yeah. I mean he just has everything you would want, man. I mean, yeah. like I said, he's just gonna be not saying there's not guys that won't beat him, can't beat him. But he got to put him out. I mean, he, yeah, it's Just good luck, man. You're in for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all the fights we're going to cover, boys, because we got so much to get to. You know, Puno Lele Soriano, knock, big knockout there. Um, Shout out to
2: Dustin Jacoby. It Dustin nine Jacoby. In a row.
0: Yep, yep. So there are still some really good performances. Great, great card. Sucked that that main event had to end that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a little lackluster, but nonetheless, good card from Long Island, New York. Brandon. Before we move on to UFC Fight Night London, update us with our scores.
1: All right, so me and John both came in with two points. Nate, you only had one. Yeah. So current standings are last place, John with 45. Nate, you have 50, and I have 53.
0: All right. It's getting closer. John, the lonely heart, uh, lonely heart boy is not doing well. I mean, it worked out for me last night, one and one. I guess yeah, you got lucky with the I year. I'll give you that. I one. mean, not lucky. I mean, he dominated <laughs> the, the The, the Watterson one though. That that's a lonely heart boys hey, pick I'll right take that there. One. That is the biggest lonely heart boys pick ever. Because <laughs> either that or you're not watching film. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like she didn't have good moments. <laughs> there, there's uh, you said it
2: yourself. We're if, on the tape.
0: If if you uh if you watched anything, you would have known that probably was the worst matchup she could have had. Um, but nonetheless, shout out to Michelle Watterson Gomez. Legend in the women's sport. Boys, we move on. UFC Fight Night London. This Saturday, live from the O2 Arena in London, England. Our main event, Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Razor Blades. Before we get to our picks, do want to mention uh, prelims do start at 11 a.m. Eastern with the main card kicking off at 2 p.m. Eastern again, um, just like this past week was on ESPN+ you know what, boys? My captivating fun facts are typically reserved for pay-per-views, but in honor of how legendary the UK MMA fans are, especially our last UFC fight night from London, um, and how good this card is, I think it deserves a little fun fact. Oh, yeah, so, little fun fact about London, it's actually the smallest city in England the mega city that most of us know as London is actually called Greater London, while the city of London itself is a small portion of this sprawling metropolitan. Sorry, mm-hmm. messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Has a metropolitan. Popu- ma- metropolitan. It has a population of only nine thousand one hundred and twenty three people, making it the smallest in England. Also, according to the United Nations definition, the city is technically a forest based off of the amount of trees it has per square mile. That's cool. I would have never got that. There it
2: is. That oh. would that would that would barely make the top ten counties in Indiana. <laughs> That's
0: true. Jeez. <laughs> Boys, our main event in the heavyweight division, number four, Curtis Blades versus number six, Tom Aspinall. As I mentioned, uh, boy, boys, since his scary knockout loss to Derek Lewis last year, Curtis Razor Blades has since rattled off back-to-back victories. He got a unanimous decision victory over Jarzinho Rosenstroik, and most recently in March of this year, an impressive second-round KO victory over Chris Dawkins. His opponent, Tom Aspinall, is one of the UFC's most promising prospects right now. Point blank, Aspinall is a perfect five and zero in the UFC, with all five of those victories being finishes, and all but one ending in the first round. His last victory, an impressive first round submission over Alexander Volkov, also in March of this year. Boys, what do we got for this epic heavyweight mm. match? I like the pause there. I was trying to think of a word.
1: I am, <laughs> I am super excited for this one because um, mm-hmm. I feel like. Aspinall's last fight with Volkov, he really kind of showed a little bit of where he's at in terms of his ground game. And yeah. I didn't realize how invested he had been in that like throughout his life, right? That's the mm-hmm. first sport yeah. he'd done with his dad. He said his dad's um, like one of the
0: first black, black belts, belts in the, the UK. Europe, or or yeah. Sure, yeah.
1: Um, so that's awesome. That was fun to see. And then, so now we're matching him up against Curtis Blades, who's like, what does he do, right? He just takes guys down and kind of lays on him and hits a little bit of ground and pound here and there. Um, but his last fight, what he do? He went out and knocks out Chris Dawkins. He's on level. So they're both kind of showing levels of their game they typically that we haven't seen historically, and so mm-hmm. that's exciting. But now we're putting them against each other. So for me, man, I just I, I don't even know what to expect. Yeah. Like, are we going to see Aspinall go in and take Curtis down? Are we going to see him piece him up on the feet? Is Curtis going to do his lay and pray? Like, what's I mean, what's yeah. going to happen? I don't know.
2: Yeah, so. it, it's interesting. Um, ESPN has put so much respect on Curtis Blades that now his fighting style is. Uh, put as wrestling comma striker. I mean, he has a lot of knockouts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, um, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. I think, you know, everything that Curtis blades shows, I feel like Aspinall does just quicker. And even, even having some variety in that, like we know the reason that, you know, we talk about the Derek Lewis fight with Curtis blades. He kind of doesn't really do a full on level change. It's kind of more of like a duck down, Whereas we've seen, you know, Aspinall do some different type of a power double leg. He'll mm-hmm. mix it up, and then even on the striking side, the hands for Curtis Blades look way better that last fight. Mm-hmm. But we've seen Aspinall throw kicks. He mixes it up with a lot of different things. Um, this will be very interesting because people don't really put Curtis Blades away very often, mm-hmm. too. So I, I don't know, man. This is a very, very interesting fight. Especially John, I feel like
0: you haven't thought much about this fight. No, I have. <laughs> I have, but I, I want to keep on thinking of old
2: Curtis Blades, and I well, can't.
0: Well, here's the thing. Well, I, you're kind of getting on to it, I think, is where you're trying to go with it. Blades only has three professional losses on his it's career. True. Two Ngannou. to Francis Ngannou and one right. to Derek Lewis. He only loses to elite-level guys, right? right? Um, or at least guys with elite attributes, right, with the striking and stuff like that. So, you know, I will say, if Aspinall wins this fight, undoubtedly he is on that elite level. Right. Um, the one- One thing that does make me a little nervous for Aspinall going into this fight, though, is he's always kind of had this mindset of, oh, I'll take my time. You know, I'm in no rush. I'm not going to get to the title anytime soon when it comes type thing. And what worries me is, brother, you're here, right? Like, (laughs) You're going to go face one of the best heavyweight fighters in the world right now today. And you're probably one to two wins away from a title shot. You have Mm -hmm. no there's no way around it. Right. I know that dude's game. I know Aspinall is a monster. He trains hard. I mean, I saw videos. He's completely moved his camp far away from his... Liverpool camp where he usually trains. He's up in, like, the northeast of uh, England, excuse me, Mm -hmm. training by the sea with Phil DeFries and some other, like, really top-level, big heavyweight guys working on wrestling, dudes running with no shirt on in the cold by the sea, (laughs) jumping into the freezing cold Atlantic Ocean, swimming in it. Mm -hmm. Like, this dude's a savage, right? right? And, I mean, I'm, like, watching this guy run down the road with no shirt on in, like, 20-degree weather, and I'm thinking, like... This guy's a freaking defensive end, man. He's like, he's not built like an MMA. I mean, it's crazy. Mm. He's a freak. JJ Watt. He's a freak. Yeah. And it's like, I just want him to know that. And I think he does. And maybe he's one of those guys that kind of has to say that stuff out loud. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you know, when it gets here, it gets here. But I just hope he realizes this Saturday night, brother, you are stepping in to I mean, not a, maybe not a number one contender, but you're right there, man. Yeah. Like, one, like you said, you win this. Your next one's probably going to be a surreal gone, a steepage. I mean, you're you're at that level, right. man. Especially if you beat, like I said, a guy in Curtis Blades who only loses to these elite level guys. Mm-hmm. So that's what I. That's my thoughts on this fight. Let's get to our picks, John. Who you go? Who's the lonely heart boys going with?
2: I'm going Tom Aspinall, third round sub. Mm.
0: I like the sub pick. I'll be honest, man. Uh, I, I, I've i shifted in the last 24. I was Curtis Blades. I was going to mm-hmm. go with Curtis Blades. I just think Curtis Blades has this way of um, – he just wins fights, right? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, like, these fights that we don't – not that we don't want to see him win. I do don't, don't mind Curtis Blades. But where it's like you need this – one. he always finds a way.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I
0: just have this feeling that he's he could find a way. But I think what it comes down to – I was watching some more fights of both of them last night and this morning – Tom Aspinall is just so athletic, so fast, um, so fast yes, and, and Chris Dawkins was fast too, um, but you know, like you had kind of said too, is is one thing I was watching is when Curtis Blades' best takedown is he kind of just, yeah, drops his head, level changes, like small little level change, tries to grab a single. Got knocked out by Lewis. You know, he's been caught with it. Uh, Rosenstreich caught him big in their fight doing mm-hmm. that. And even DC said, I think it was in that fight, one thing that he hates about what Blades does is he when he shoots, he closes his eyes. A lot of times he's doing that because he's not setting it up with anything. He just comes right. straight in. You know, there's no punches before. He's just, he's at distance, at distance, boom, level change. And If you're elite, you can do that maybe to some guys. But I think that's tougher to do at heavyweight when guys have real power. Right. Aspinall has first-round knockout power. He dealt with it, like I said, with Rosenstreich for sure but the athleticism of Tom Aspinall and I am giving him some uh, a little hometown rub here because I do think that crowd yeah. he's fought in this big moment right? he just did his last fight main event in the 0-2 crowd behind him everybody's there for him so I like that too right? and I mm-hmm. think he feeds off that he loves that energy so the moment won't be too big for him I just hope as long as between the years he's right I think he wins this fight I think he's going to find a way could be interesting if it goes deep though haven't seen Aspinall go deep. So, and Blades is that's what he does, man. He'll mm-hmm. drag you deep. What's your pick? Okay, all that to say. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> I still know that draw. Yeah, yeah, can we do a draw? I am gonna go Aspinall. I'm gonna give him the rub. I think I'm in. I think he has to do it early, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I'll say second round TKO knockout TKO.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm leaning towards TKO too. Um, I watched Blades roll with uh, Nicky Rod. Fair mm-hmm. to say it's Nicky Rod, but that kind of Gave me some ideas sure. in terms of his grappling ability on the jiu-jitsu side. And Aspinall is a jiu jitsu guy. I mean yeah. he's showing it. Um so I'll take I'm gonna take Aspinall first round. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'll go TKO. I'm sure, go first round TKO. Yeah,
0: it's just so tough. Like even watching the Jarzinho, like Jarzinho did have as boring as that fight was, Jarzinho had his moments, but Jar Aspinall's big man. He's like mm-hmm. 6'5", 250, like uh, seventy eight, which Blades has a deceivingly long reach. He's like 80-inch reach, but mm-hmm. Aspinall's right under there at 78. Rosenstreich's not a big guy. I mean, mm. he's like 6'2", 6'3", 76-inch, 74-inch reach. So, mm-hmm. I think if he would have been a little bigger, there were some moments in that fight Rewatching it could have been kind of interesting. Right. So, when you talk
2: about jiu-jitsu, too, putting your head down and closing your eyes and going yeah. in is a really good way to get guillotined. Yeah,
0: you just can't do it against a guy like Aspinall, but... He does know it's an issue. So, Mm -hmm. for a guy like Blades, I I know he trains hard, team elevation. um, So, I don't know. This is a great, great main
2: event. (laughs) And who else gets two main events in their hometown back to back? He deserves it, though, man. Yeah. There's been, I can't think of anybody else who's ever had that. I mean, granted, he's in the luck of having a being in another market that the ufc wants to expand in but man you can't get much better opportunity than that
0: our co-main event boys in the next fight we are picking for in the middleweight division unranked chris curtis stepping up to take on number eight-ranked Jack Hermanson. Boys, obviously Hermanson's original opponent, Darren Till, was forced out of this co-main event matchup due to an injury. You just cannot help but feel bad for this guy, man. I feel so horrible for Darren Darren Till, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even coming out and saying that he feels like he's just – absolutely at a low point you know i hope he has some good people around him that are you know helping him out because i just i can't imagine dude he just had the worst luck and i like darren till a lot and i just you hate to see somebody down like that too um and the crazy thing is him and Hermanson were actually scheduled to fight uh, Till and Hermanson back in 2020, but Till was forced out of that one with an uh, injury as well, so mm-hmm. this might be creeping into that uh, Habib uh, mm-hmm. Ferguson. We'll have to keep watching this, uh. but nonetheless, enter the action man, Chris Curtis, uh, whose fun style and 3-0 and UFC record has really got him turning some heads with fight fans. Curtis is also no stranger to short-notice fights as he replaced Roman Dolitz to fight Brendan Allen, a fight in which he won via TKO Curtis's last fight was just in June where he beat Adolfo Viero, v- Viera. Vieira excuse me via unanimous decision his opponent Brandon Joker Jack Hermanson uh, hasn't enjoyed such a uh, such a run of wins <laughs> as Curtis <laughs> as he's two and three in his last five flips it, back and forth it does flip back and forth his last fight was a split decision loss to Curtis's teammate Sean Strickland in February of this year boys with a win Chris Curtis definitely will see his name Move into the top 15 of the middleweight division what do you guys uh think his chances are against jack hermanson on short notice brandon we'll start with you as the joker jack fan
1: i think they're pretty good man i my as a as a hermanson fan okay my problem is i feel like he needs to figure out i just feel like hermanson's a guy who goes in there and he doesn't always seem to have a a concrete game plan. I don't know sure. how else to put it. He's got great jiu He's got kind of some funky stand-up, but he doesn't rely on any one thing in particular. He's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place and goes based on what his opponent is giving him. Um, Strickland just kind of jabbed him to death. He was unable to get inside, take him down. Sure. Um, so for Curtis, man, I really do think he actually has a good shot at winning this fight. He's shown up on short notice before. Um, his stand-up is, is great. He displayed that in the um, Fiera fight. Um, and his grappling is, is fine as well in terms of defense. He defended yeah. a lot of takedowns in that fight. Um, So I don't think Hermanson's going to have a good time taking him down. Sure. And that's where he tends to to do better is when he can get guys down and use that guillotine that he's got and some stuff there. So I don't think he's going to have the advantage, Hermanson, on the feet. Um, So I think Curtis has got a pretty good chance here. John, yeah.
0: your thoughts and then roll it into your pick.
1: Uh, Vegas has it as a pick them. They're both minus yeah, 130. Yeah
0: which how crazy is that for Uh an unranked guy stepping in short notice against the number eight guy well I think
2: Vegas sees this guy's done this three times in a row short notice a lot of them short notice a lot of them back to back yeah Um, and they've all been either knockouts or dominant sure I think the problem with Hermanson is when people can push through him he doesn't have anything to offer Mm. guys who you know like Torrey or Strickland that move forward and you have to deal with it he doesn't deal with well and I think that's what Curtis does too he goes forward he throws a lot of punches you've seen he has good hip for this takedown defense. Mm-hmm. I mean the dude I think he defended like 20 takedowns mm-hmm. or something that last fight. And when you talk about level of grappler, you don't get much higher than Adolfo either. So mm-hmm. um I just really like Curtis in this. I'm going to actually take Curtis first round TKO yeah
0: I like Curtis here a lot too love the fact um <clears throat> that obviously he's had the short notice fight experience but he's also looked really good like you mentioned gotten some finishes I also like that his teammate and training partner uh Sean Strickland just fought and beat Hermanson which I think is a bit of advantage stepping in short notice mm-hmm. here um and lastly like you had mentioned the, the 0 for 20 that you know he had 100% takedown defense with Hadolfo Vieira. I mean Here's the thing. Adolfo is a jiu-jitsu world champion. He's not right. a wrestling world champion, and I do think Hermanson is the better wrestler, uh, but I just like what I saw from Curtis enough to think that he can handle what Hermanson's going to be throwing at him with uh, the wrestling side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like Chris Curtis here. Big. Uh, Jack Hermanson, tough guy to finish, So I'm going to say Chris Curtis, unanimous decision.
1: Yeah, man. I think... <sighs> thinking with my head, I would lean towards <laughs> Curtis, but I'm going to I'm gonna He's go, with, the heart go with my heart nice. here. Um, Sorry, Both of you went with Curtis, so logistically it could make some sense. Um, so I'll take Hermanson. He's got some funky submissions, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he can get underneath like he did with um, Gaslam. Dude, that was one of my favorite fights to watch because um, like that stuff can happen. So I feel like if he can just kind of get a little risky, um, he might have some rewards. So I'll take Hermanson. I'll say I'll take Decisions to say, bet. I'll take her manson by decision.
0: Alrighty, there it is. That's our last one. Also on this card boys. Everybody. Patty Pimblett versus Jordan Levitt. What do you guys think there? Who you taking? Mm. I'll take Levitt.
1: Yeah, that's a tough he, one. You like Levitt? I like Levitt in that one. I think I think You're Patty just, down, aren't you? No. Um, <laughs> no. I think Patty just gets a life boost being over in London. Yeah. They kind of only fought. No, has he fought in like Vegas yet? I, he fought, no, he, I think he did. He fought I, at the... Um, his first fight wasn't...
0: I'm not sure.
1: I'm trying to think. He, Either way, I think he gets a little pumped
2: there, but Jordan Levitt you know. is tough.
0: I know, man. I don't know. But you also that. don't
2: want to get twerked on, man, so you got to <laughs> yeah. come with it.
0: Boys, I have to urinate. John, run through the rest of this fight. All here.
2: right. <laughs> we also got Nikita Krolov and Alexander Gustafsson. Which I like Krolov. Last yeah. time we seen Alex, he was a heavyweight. Uh, didn't go so well for him. Now he's making his way back to 205. Um, he's lost a. His th- last three losses are John Jones, Anthony Smith, and Fabrizio Um Krolov is good, but I just feel like he's never really got that. Who's Krolov's
1: last f- few fights? Uh,
2: he lost to Paul Craig. He lost to uh, uh, Uncle Live. Um, he beat Johnny Walker. He lost to Glover. So, I mean, it's nothing but top-level guys. Mm. But he he has been subbed by Paul Craig. Um, the rest of them are kind of
1: decisions. To me, man, Gus I just— Gus is tough, though. Yeah, but I also feel like Gus is— older like i feel like he's just been in so many wars he's been around for a long time that and does make him crafty too though it does but then also like the game continues to move and like his last mm-hmm. fight with smith i just it, that was to me should have been a much better showing for him yeah um and smith looked good and we've seen what's happened to smith since then with like glover and those guys yeah so
2: well you hear Hamza too talk about how tough alex is in the gym yeah so it makes you think he was going to show up uh you also got molly mccann and hannah goldie meatball that's going to be that one Molly's a minus 400 in that one so that's the mm. biggest odd actually in the whole on the whole card. then you got your boy Paul Craig versus Vulcan Ulster yeah that's a good fight man that's a that's a really good one for the first on the on the main card and Paul's the underdog. Really? Plus 125. Yeah. Wow. I, don't, I don't know where they're getting that from. I like Craig. I think in it's because he gets man. caught.
0: I think it's because Craig gets caught so yeah. much and dropped, and they probably don't have
1: faith in him. so uh, crazy oh, to think he tapped Uncle Live. Yeah. It in. So but
2: weird. I mean, Ozdemir hasn't won since 2019. He got knocked out by Ieri, and he lost he, to um, Uncle Live.
1: Didn't
0: he beat Kroylov too? Didn't he tap Nikita? Have they fought? Maybe not. Craig?
1: Yeah. I think he Maybe. beat Craig. Or did you say he lost to Craig? He no. lost to Craig. Yeah. He subbed Kroylov, and then
2: obviously since then um Craig's beat Jamal Hill and Shogun. um Jamal Hill yeah and then it's you got man. um there's I mean there's still his arm dislocated it there's still so many people on this undercard you have that Muhammad Makayev who's undefeated he's a, a big prospect in flyweight um you have what's his name Wood is it Nathan Wood Nathaniel yeah. Wood Nathaniel yeah. Wood he's on there he's another prospect there's just a lot he's going against Juicy J so there's yep. a lot of really good fights on this undercard.
0: Yep. Really excited for it. Uh, boys, Brandon, are you ready to roll it in to Facts Don't Care? Here's the problem. I forgot which button it is on our mixer. So.
2: I'm going to say blue, but I could be wrong. <laughs>
0: nah, I think it's this one. Okay. Facts Don't yeah. Care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I thought this was my segment. With your host, Brandon.
1: That's my point. I know MMA. I- What I'm saying is it's overhyped, it's overrated. He doesn't give
2: a damn about your feelings.
1: You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time.
2: Brandon's world famous facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm
1: going to take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts don't care about your feelings. Sometimes I forget some of the things I've said. So like when I when I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah, I did say that. We might have to update it every year. Yeah, there's definitely. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you can throw in there. Sounds um, nice. All right, boys. So we had a little mix-up just because my original plan was a little thwarted um, because of the announcement we'll get to, I'm sure, regarding uh, Mm -hmm. some upcoming fights. Um, So I kind of had to call an audible. A little pivot. But it's okay because you guys got me running down a rabbit hole (laughs) earlier in the week. (laughs) Oh, nice. And that's what I'm going to kind of touch on. You guys, I don't remember who started it. I think it was Nate, um, sent a little article talking about um, the UFC lobbying to prevent a bill that would change the criteria for – Um, what, what's considered employee status. Um, and that's like one of my favorite things to do is look at bills. I'm a nerd guy. So
0: here's on your Tinder. Yeah. So
1: here's what we're, (laughs) here's what we're saying. Um, I went down this rabbit hole with fighter pay stuff and this is kind of where I've come out of it based on everything I've read and kind of listened to as of late. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is going to stem from a lot of John Nash's stuff. He Mm -hmm. talked about with Lou Thomas and what I've read. I, I'm not going to say that the UFC fighters don't deserve some bump and pay. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the solution for that is 100% not unionization or or employee status. Because once that happens, there's so much inadvertent control you're going to give to the UFC that I don't think people realize. It's it's not going to be pretty. And we can get into some of that, but that's I just want to get that statement out there. It's... I don't disagree that there's some room for increasing the pay, sure. but unionization and employee status is not it. It's just not. So I actually kind of said,
0: or, or am I good to go you're, you good. Go? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So I kind of brought that point up too when we were in the group chat. Cause I was like, I think sometimes employee status, like you said, it is going to bring the money. I mm. totally agree with that. But I think it's not all going to be sunshine and roses because like I was saying, what's going to happen is a lot of these fighters are going to figure out you're going to be under, the ufc's command of every little th- i mean look at nfl players right like like i said you're going to be doing free seminars at ufc gyms all over the place and they're going to be like oh well it's worked into your contract so you have to do it
1: so to, to make it simple if you think about it like employees have to meet 40 hours a week or 130 sure. hours a month okay mm-hmm. they fight maybe three times a year right so if you you can't use just the fights they have because you're not even coming close right to that amount of time so where do you make up those hours Probably training, probably mm-hmm. media, all yeah. of those things. So then you let, and once that takes the place of what the, what's considered the work, meaning like your training is part of all that, Yeah, the UFC dictates that right? because they're the employer. So now yeah. they can say wh- who you're training with, where you go to train, when you're training. Yeah. Um, same thing as far as, like you said, the media, um, media obligations. obligations, like that goes beyond just fight mm-hmm. weeks now that that yeah. can get stretched across videos, commercials, like whatever they want to do. Sure. And it's just, it, it can get real spicy like, with all the different stuff they can start doing. Yeah. You
2: know, I'd actually had this in the news to bring up. So I've actually, I mean, we've already been talking about it anyways, but I, I whereas but I do think that there is benefits to the union side of it, but I was looking at it from like my job. I'm a part of a union, but I'm a part of an established, deep rooted union. I'm not an upstart. I didn't have to deal with the things that the people originally had to deal with sure. as far as strikes and what comes with that and I, watching the video you sent, I hadn't watched it before. Seeing it broke down like that definitely changed my perspective of how to look at what that goes with because you're not going to get everybody to agree because yeah. some of these people are fighting to live, sure. whereas these other guys who want to get paid more because they're good aren't struggling nearly as much as the guy who's getting 3000 on the undercard right. and needs that money for sure. whatever reason, and they're, they're working a the job on the side. Um, I do think that there's some merit in... Going the more boxing route of things But I do think that has its caveats too So I don't know what Like
0: with the Muhammad Ali act Yeah all that With stuff. the
2: Muhammad Ali Because What will essentially have to The only way it works is If we do what everybody hates about boxing Is have seven promotions They all have sure. their own belts And they can go willy nilly yeah, Nobody wants to do that Well that
0: was one thing In in this What What's this bill called That they're lobbying against The UFC oh,
1: I can pull it up I think I it's don't... called
0: like The right to work Something right. 2021 Right to,
1: I think it's the right Right of to employment
2: union. No right to Um something so well whatever right. whatever
0: it is so <clears throat> within that like one thing i had questioned because i i had kind of read some of the language and i sent it to you guys as it says in there that um there was something about to like be an employee if this b- bill were to go through the way i interpreted it is the ufc if they wanted to stay as like this independent contractor situation they could but they would have to allow fighters to go Like, you could basically go fight anywhere. right? So you couldn't be tied down, essentially, to, like, a long-term contract. But, like, you could potentially, if this bill were to go through, which is probably one of the main reasons, other than trying to get fighters to unionize, why they're trying to block it, Mm -hmm. is the way I understood is if it were to go through, the UFC would have the choice, either let the fighters unionize, recognize them as employees, offer them health benefits and all these other things, or keep it how it is. Don't call them employees, but these guys and girls can literally go fight wherever. Mm-hmm. So they could do a fight here. Then they could go over here and fight in Bellator. Then they could go maybe do the PFL season and then come back to UFC. That's kind of the way I interpreted yeah. that. And so, you know, obviously you could see why they're clearly trying to to, right. to block this somewhat. It's so, called
2: the the Right to Organize Act.
0: Right to Organize um, and, yeah. le- and let's kind of preface too with a little... Um, like context to where this all came up, a lot of this is coming up again. It's been a thing for a while because of the Nelk Boys video with Dana White, uh, giving one of the, the head Nelk Boy Kylo Nelk, I think, or mm-hmm. what I don't know what they call themselves, but he gave him $250,000 in cash. Um, I think For he, his birthday. For his birthday. I want to say Luis Schmolka was
1: mm-hmm. the guy
0: that kind of put out a tweet, like, when are we unionizing boys? And it kind of, you know, spiraled from there. And, um, you know, we kind of had our private co- talks about it. And my thing is like with, in, uh, in regards to the money thing, I know you were gonna talk about it in the news, but we can just yeah, do we'll it Yeah, just now. it out now. My whole thing with that, where I look at it is Dana probably does, it's, it is his money and he can do it with what he wants. He probably does stuff like this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he gives people money, insane amount of money he probably gives to charities. He probably gives to fighters that we don't even, you know, DC's talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. He said after one of his fights, they just gave him a million dollars. So, you know, we don't know exactly what he does, and it is his right. I think sometimes it's just the optics of it, and the fact of who it was, right? right. Because I told you guys, a lot of these fighters aren't real crazy about the Nelk boys. You know, they've Diaz. got like, huh? Diaz, D- Nate Diaz. You know, just smacked one of their reporters backstage for so uh, comments about that they they made about Nick Maximov mm-hmm. on their social media or whatever. Um, So I don't think a lot of these guys are crazy about these the Nelk boys Mm -hmm. in general. There was like an incident with one of them, the Steve guy acting a little crazy at one of the events to where Dana's staff had to come tell Dana, like, he's either got to go or you got to get him under control. So I think there's just enough there where it's like, given who it was, it's a rich YouTuber. They don't, you know, people see it as they don't need the money. I'm sitting here, you know, doing this and that, Mm -hmm. you know, so I understand that aspect. I see both sides where it's like, it is his money, but... It's probably more the optics of it; it just doesn't yeah. look good.
2: Well, and, and in that video, um, that Nash guy talks about, you know, locker room bonuses where you know mm-hmm. certain guys get you might get money, you sure. might get took out to a dinner. I know Anderson said before he resigned um, his contract, they just gave him Ash and Martin, like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, stay with <laughs> us, please." Sure. um But I, and I think that there's something to this too, where you know the. There is certain things that I do feel like all fighters deserve. I do think they should have some type of health care because some of these guys, yeah, if they get hurt... That's hard, though, because you can't get that
1: so, without being an employee.
2: No, I, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's tough because these guys can get hurt in training and then they can't
1: make any money at all. My thing, though, with that, Mike, you had something to say. Hang on before I... No,
0: I was going to... Well, I, w- I wasn't necessarily going to move on. I guess my next thing to kind of try to lead us to not going crazy long right. with this <laughs> because I really think we need to spend a whole episode. I think we yeah. need to do, like, a bonus midweek episode Maybe where... we bring in a fighter add, or something. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Where we kind of dive into this, maybe bring in a fighter or try to, yeah, maybe try to get maybe somebody in the MMA media that can kind of help us along with this a little bit because it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if this bill passes, guys, it's going to change this sport forever. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and maybe in a good way, maybe in a bad way. But, and if you want to go to something else, it's your segment. Um, thought this was my segment. Um, but I was just going to maybe ask you then if, if it's not a union,
1: what is it? Yeah, so... Um I'll leave what I was going to say to you for the next right, time. Right, but right. um, because I, I did want to say, I do think that it's important when you see a problem to have solutions to it sure. and not just say, well, that's not going to work. So what I think would, would potentially be helpful, A, is, I think the sponsorship thing um, mm. was a real big one. I think if we could get to a place, I don't know how we get there, but I think yeah, if, I think if, it's too late. But if we could, that's, I have two, so that's option one. Sure. If, if we could get the fighters to spon- have some sponsors, I think that was a great source of income for them. Sure. And um, I really don't think the UFC lost out on a ton of money. I mean, we'd, I'd have to look at the real numbers there. Um, but the other thing I think that could be helpful is the decreasing the amount of time in these fighters' contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, If we could if we could really shorten the amount of time that you put in their contracts, that is going to help in a lot of ways because it, it bumps up the pay. But it also doesn't force these guys to yeah. get stuck into these three, four, five, six years. I think it's six,
0: seven fights. It's it, like a standard. And, that's a long, said his was eight. and yeah. if it's three fights
1: a year, that's a long time. Yeah. In, in the sport of fighting, that's a long time. So if you can shave the contract times down to, let's say, a year or two, um, that really helps because sure. then they have the freedom, you know. That after that one or two, they can go elsewhere. They can sure. try other things, and then UFC knows that, so they're going to try to retain them. So they're going to up what they give them to keep retain them, because otherwise they're going to be off. Um, but I, I've seen a little bit of that language in some of these bills too. Mm-hmm. Not this one specifically that you're talking about, but there is a push to get um, some amendments on term, in terms of the fighters' contracts mm-hmm. um, and limiting what how long they can be. I think that's a viable option too. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And the reason why, the, and two in this bill. Um, it literally says the language that basically this includes MMA fighters. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason why um, I think it said that article said that the UFC spends like $80,000 quarterly to Mm -hmm. this lobbying group trying to get them – it can't say by law which side of the bill they're on, but we can pretty much assume <laughs> they're not trying to see this thing pass. Yeah, we right? Don't want to make so, less money. Yeah, for sure. So um, I, su- I mean, we. I could literally go an hour on this because, like, I see we what will you're, some other day. Yeah, for sure. Because I see what you're saying, Brandon. But in all fairness to like what John was saying, is I also don't see where that answers the health care and some of this other stuff.
1: Um, well, the answer, easy answer, to that is, you can go buy it on the market. Like, there's health. Care. Not if you're making a lot of money fighting, though.
0: Yeah, it's just. I mean, dude, not if
2: what if you're on the Bottom of the fight card, like you're when not, somebody's making like you're paying your gym, you're paying your fight camp,
1: yeah, paying for
2: insurance as well mm-hmm. as your
1: bills. As somebody that goes out and does that personally, though, I think seeing a guy who makes let's say twelve and twelve a fight on the bottom of the undercard, mm-hmm. I think you can get that done. I think you got to get with a financial advisor if you're really struggling that hard. Possibly, though. but
2: some of these people have a lot of kids and yeah. stuff too. It's just hard to t- it's hard well, to tell everybody's and situation. At what
1: point do we get into what decisions are you making in terms of your finances and what you're doing? With well, sometimes like you that. get sure. into fight late too. I mean, yeah, there's, well, there's sure. a lot of factors. I think I mean, nobody's but, the same. But
0: if you're twelve and 12 and, and you fight twice this year And you lose both of those fights That's $24,000 That you're making annually You know Granted you might be able to work out You know If you have a good agent Marketer Or a manager you know they might be able to find you a few brand deals here and there but if you're oh and two and, you know somebody's right. not really that could w- be a split
2: decision or a bad judge. i know you
1: i know you don't want to go all day on this but let's, let's we're, say we're, you're, we're
2: starting to reel ourselves
1: into it aren't we you're 12 and, <laughs> you're 12 you're going 12 and 12 a fight and you're on the bottom of the uncard. okay who's your coach that you have to pay and what's the deal you're working out in terms of paying them per fight because they know what you're bringing in if they're, gonna call, if they're charging you an arm and a leg to coach them, maybe you need to find another coach. Well, I mean, some, the best coaches are how you get the, the best I out mean, of yourself. Yeah, I mean, well, then you look at Bryce Mitchell, who trains at a trailer. But how fight? many Bryce Mitchells are there? But how many? Like, that's the thing. That's fighting, though. Everyone's individual. Right. No, for sure. Well, I'm just saying so. everybody's different. But the different. thing with
0: Bryce Mitchell, though, too, I will say – i mean obviously it looks good we don't know i don't know what he makes based off the commission or whatever but we do know but we also don't know what that exactly how far that's going to take a bryce mitchell either right i mean he's still kind of on the come up so you know training in his barn but how with, much does he make with now? Rolly? I'm, i I don't know you know there's so many there's so many thing, variables but that's where we have to do people. we have to do another episode to really <laughs> right. like take each one of these things and, and like truly break them down that's why i said man i really wish we could get like somebody a little higher up in the mma media who we could kind of just shoot these questions to like a luke thomas who's really educated on it or whatever and Mm -hmm. really dive into it more and it does deserve a future episode um we're gonna try to make that happen it's something that we've already kind of talked about so stay tuned for that good good facts brandon though i I really think it's a bigger issue than what a lot of people yeah. probably realize. Come back
2: around. We're gonna we're definitely gonna spin the block on this. Yeah,
0: thing. yeah. They, people don't want to you know dive into some of this stuff, but I mean, if you're a fight fan, you know, I mean, let alone if you're a fighter, but if you're a fight fan, man, like I said, this changes everything. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know what the future. Even on a small level, promoters, we don't know what that's going to do to them either. Yeah, your, your regional promoters, even. Yep. So uh, yeah, let's move on. John, get into the news. Going
2: on the news. <clears throat>
0: Going on the
2: news. Uh-uh. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right. Well, we just cut out like half of the stuff I had because we were going to talk about this. Sorry. No, you're fine because your stuff got cut out for another part of the news, which I'll just lead off with. And that is a fighting announcement between Charles Oliveira and Islam Makatar. Oh, oh, baby. It's UFC going 280 in Abu Dhabi
0: not crazy about that. No. Yeah, I don't like the Abu Dhabi. Because here's the
2: thing. If, if Charles doesn't get stripped of the title, this probably happens in Brazil.
0: Yeah. So now you're having Oliveira, who not the champ, should be the champ. You know, I mean, I don't know. I guess Islam does train at AK, so he's going to have to make that travel too. But I don't know, man. We just heard enough. Like, I've, I've said it in past episodes. We've just heard enough from these fighters about how tough it is to fight in Abu Dhabi that... I just, I don't want to put an asterisk on every fight that happens in Abu Dhabi, but it does kind of, like, no matter who wins that. I'm just not crazy about it, man. Mm -hmm. It's just not, and maybe some of that falls on the fighters, like, you know, find a way, you know, I don't know, once again, we're getting back in our old, but I don't know what the UFC's willing to accommodate to get them out there early, to get them acclimated, but if your life, and the UFC will accommodate it, and your life supports it, gosh, just get out there early. Mm -hmm. Acclimate. They
1: they announced it really early. I mean, this is pretty pretty far removed from this.
2: And, Um, I mean, if you're Charles, like, this is a this is a, a big boy move. Yeah, to take this fight
1: then there, I mean.
0: So out of curiosity, Brandon, what was the facts going to be? Because you said it was based off of
1: this fight. It was literally going to be why have we not set up okay. Islam and all and Oliveira at this sure. point? Like, there's I don't need to see anything else, anybody else. Like, yeah. that's what needs to happen now, or yeah. somebody in the back room is on something. Yeah, that,
0: that's why t- when we were talking about the Conor thing, I'm like, ah I'm not buying. Say, so was
1: you going to say you're going to like strike,
2: like you're going to. Stay out and not watch the next two papers per yeah, if Connor I will not gets watch it. it. Oh, dude, I would have probably quit. boycott. Yeah, yeah, probably be done. Go ahead, John. All Another uh, fight. Well, it's not official yet, but probably the best uh, call your shot I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuri Prohoshka mm, just out in yeah. out in nature puts the camera on himself and just gives this like dialogue about how Glover is going to be his next fight. He wants to do the rematch. Yeah, love that,
0: love that fight. Um,
2: Run it back. The way he says, "I want to fight Glover in my next fight, not because it was a, it's another big fight, but just one reason. My performance was bad the first fight, and I will show you why I'm the champion clearly, decisively. And I think Glover deserves it. So here's the offer. I'll show you why I am the champion. How crazy to
0: be somebody and then be like, I felt like you didn't really feel like I won that I fight. Didn't beat so you gonna, I want to. <laughs> prove it to you that I'm really better than you. Such yeah. a savage, yeah. man. Um Such Glover, a savage.
2: Glover obviously is going to say yes to that. Um not a big fan of that is Jan Blahovic, who mm. said he beat, he broke the samurai code because <laughs> he originally called out Blahovic and now he wants to fight Glover. No, I don't. Mm. I'm okay with it. I think yeah. Blahovic can go Scroll fight Also Racheke. also in the news, uh, Blahovic said he's thinking about or he threw around the idea of dropping to 85 to fight Izzy. He's
0: not a big 205er though, man.
2: Yeah, It'd be mean, interesting.
0: I'm telling you what I saw the picture of him and Usman squaring off. I am not against that at all. I mean, they Mm -hmm. don't look much different in size, similar in height. Usman's arms are just, he's got heavyweight arms. Those things are crazy, crazy, dude. But I'm not against that fight either, man. Uh, even if they both like Usman went to 85, he dropped 85 just for like a super fight.
1: I mean, they don't even
0: have to have a title. If, if Jan can make it, we know Usman can go up. If Jan could get to 85, come on, man. Yeah. Sign me up.
2: There's a lot of, he. he's definitely in a weird spot in the division. So maybe trying some of these offshoots yeah. is the, another, um, is it a good idea? Another fight announcement. Kayla Harrison has her next opponent in Martina Jindrova. That's going to be in PFL. Playoff season three in London. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're still trying to give her fights. I mean, they're not people. It's girls six and two.
0: There is one girl. uh, I've been watching some PFL. There is one girl that's left in this tournament. I think she's on the other side. She actually finished better, more points than Kayla. I think Mm. Kayla finished in second in the regular season, and she finished first because of finishes. Could be interesting.
2: Yeah um can't remember her name though. another thing i want to get to is nate diaz i don't know if you watched his mma hour with Ariel hawani no, no i did not trying to answer some questions about what's going on with him and this whole weird twitter stuff um diaz is saying that you know he's getting held hostage he said that he was ready four months after his leon edwards fight and he threw them like luke A, um who else he comes out he said A, after Hamzat. the
0: burns fight he said he wanted Hamza right
2: and he, th- he just basically said he's thrown them five or six names they're not wanting to do it he's saying they're you know the whole holding hostage thing he also said that heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou and middleweight title holder Israel Adesanya are the only fights that match his magnitude of star power although he recognizes that those aren't realistic fights for him
1: I'm going to be honest. I have a hard time listening to Nate Diaz in interviews. Like, just the things he says are just... That was kind of Dana's response.
0: Yeah.
2: He said... I mean, imagine having a fucking conversation like that. It's like, come on, Nate Diaz versus Francis Ngani. What should I say? Just stand there like, holy shit, this is crazy.
0: Yeah. It's just... Well, but then Nate's kind of like, dude, you were all on board for it. I just... There's... I don't want to say somebody's lying, but there's definitely two interpretations of what's happening between the UFC and Nate Diaz. One of them's absolutely lying.
2: <laughs> is I that, mean, maybe. Well, but here's the thing: there is. I think there is something to the UFC wanting to make sure they can get a last good payday out of Diaz. I feel like because he is a big sure. man. You don't think that's Hamza or any
1: of those guys? But
2: Hamza now is to the point to where there's a bigger fight for him up. Now that he's, you know, he's I mean, top than, five guy. Other than
0: building Nate's, I mean, the, the Hamzat fight should have happened before the right. burns. I mean, other than like building maybe a bigger name for Hamzat, what is that, who doesn't really need it. Right. But what is that, like a win over, like he's going to run through Nate Diaz. And Nate basically said as much, I feel like.
1: I, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's plenty of fights for Nate. Yeah. I, just no, like I agree. I don't disagree. And here's another interesting
2: fight is Dana kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit and said that what happens is, he has to get he has to offer fighters three fights a year or he has to pay them yes. their fight pay. So he said they have so, until
0: October yeah. or November. So he said I
2: haven't fight. paid him yet. So obviously you guys know I've been offering him fights. Sure. So it does get interesting there. Yeah. Um and to hear Diaz, you know, wanting to get out of his contract. Yeah. You know, he's wanted. he talked about the whole boxing with the Pauls. He wanted to yeah. do a Bellator card in Hawaii with uh, that Yancy Madero, mm-hmm. like so it's just a, a very interesting turn of events. Who knows where this leads?
0: I just think it's too far gone now. Like I just what is um, the Diaz UFC relationship? There's still, we thought that
2: before. Yeah, there's. St- well, I
0: think they. I think Dana and Nate mutually respect each other a lot. I think they like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like there's like you said something, and it's probably somewhere in between, right? Like they are offering him fights, and it's probably guys that you could say, and we would be like, yeah, like Masvidal and Diaz, yeah, you know, right. Masvidal Ferguson, yeah, or uh, Nate. Ferguson. Even Connor again, yeah, though. Connor, yeah, the like, trilogy. and he they said that, and he said he didn't want Connor. So I'm sure they offered him Connor, and he, but he said to Hawani he didn't want Connor because they're not on the same page, and like they're they're too far removed from each other. Yeah. And he's I like, would
1: almost agree with that. I like him and Ferguson. I think that's a great. I think one. Yeah, that's another person he said he called for. Come
0: on, why can't the BMF rematch? I mean, there's just so many that it's like. I'm like you There's fights for him but that's
1: where I'm like I can't see that the UFC Is not offering I don't, him those I know yeah. man I just don't How What benefit would they have To not
2: offer him that Yeah Well and maybe Maybe Diaz was trying to say like The the fights they're offering him are like Francis and Israel, like stuff that just doesn't make sense. But no,
0: I don't know. It doesn't make sense
2: because he said basically, Diaz said he feels like behind closed doors they show him a lot of appreciation, which is probably true.
1: And to the public, they kind of play him off to the side.
0: But he also says a lot in the public too that they probably don't care for. He peed at the P. I. Back
1: to the employee thing, you know, that's when you can start. They can monitor what they're doing on their um, social medias. For sure,
0: that was another. Yeah, that was another thing I wanted to bring up. In that is, you know.
2: Yeah, well, and if you're Diaz, that's what you want, right? You said, let me out of my contract so I can do what I want. Yeah. So is he posturing because he still wants to get this one more payday before he does whatever else he wants to do? Yeah. You know, he said that they've been offering him more and more money, like a new contract, and he just does he just wants his last fight. So sure. is the UFC playing hardball? We don't know. Um, also, a fighter removed, Joanne Wood, mm, cut that. from the roster. Um, she had a real promising come up and then just kind of – Fell off a little bit. Um, we also have, I don't know if you guys seen, DC said in an interview he, there was one fight he would come back for. and Not that he wants to come back, mm. but he said that he never technically lost his 205 belt. He relinquished it, and he said he would come back if he could get a title fight against Sherry Prohaska.
0: DC is not making two. It would take him no, a year nice. and a half to yeah. make 205. Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and he basically said, if I did come back, which I don't want to, I'd have to go all the way back down to 205. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, the last two things, one thing that just – Just as the world turns, ESPN Plus price is increasing to nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Saw that. So not only are we paying more for pay per views. Real
0: quick about the DC thing, how much does that show, like how good the heavyweight division has gotten? That he can like basically say like, "Hey," because he was pretty undersized for a heavyweight in terms of height. And it's like, I mean, he's kind and he said it like, but just like how good it's gotten where he can. He
1: wants no Yeah,
0: he's like, I'm I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) I gotta go down.
2: That's that's hilarious. hilarious. And then the last thing I have is last night Ryan Garcia knocks out javier fortuna calls out gervonta davis and haney both of them are 145 pounds ryan Garcia only has two fights at 140 mm-hmm. last one wasn't great this one he put on a really good performance so he's already called out gervonta before so him and tank davis would be a huge fight yeah definitely big time tank abbott no <laughs> yeah tank davis <laughs> and that's all i got for the news fellas what yeah
0: I specifically messaged you.
2: Oh, no, no. You're right. The Izzy stuff? No, no, no. Here's the thing. No. Cutting out the Dana <sighs> stuff mess with me. I do have it. We do have some of that jujitsu news for the boys. Oh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Ryan defeating Pedro. Is it Martin
0: Margin- Martino. Martino. I'd have to see the spell.
2: Um, defeats him. Uh, wrote on his piece of paper, smother tap. Pretty yeah. much what he got. No, he didn't. Did he I don't know he did got to that smother position, but I don't think he got the touch. Yeah, top he said
0: it. Pedro basically realized how to defend it. Just put mm-hmm. your arms in the armpits and lip. So right. he kept trying it. And you because you know with Gordon, you know, he always calls this thing, he calls a shot. And you could see him usually you can try to start figuring out, like, okay, this is clearly what he's trying to do. And when he was going for it, Pedro kept defending it, and you kind of see him getting frustrated on his face. And then I think he finally realized he just wasn't going to get it. And he was just like, all right, I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna end it now. Just do something else.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did come out. He did make a statement afterwards, basically just telling the jujitsu game to step up. He'd been out for five years with the stomach and nobody else is even showing. He said anybody his age or before his age are showing any initiative to try to get better and do more and catch up to him. Um, he does have another match set up. Um, well, a little
0: bit like deeper on that. What he said was, the same way he watched Hodger Gracie change Jujitsu and then try to emulate what Hodger mm-hmm. did, he said nobody's taking what he's doing and trying to grow off of that. Like, nobody – I mean, you could look at it as, like, an egotistical statement because he's, like, basically saying, like, look at me and do what I'm doing and try to take it. But he does have some truth there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he does give Hodger a lot of credit and always has, so.
2: And he's, he's done a really good job of making black belts look like white belts out here. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Um, He does have another match set up Felipe. against
1: Felipe Pinier. Pinier. That's in Dallas, August 7th. Um, you know why that one's interesting, John? No, tell me. Pena's beat Gordon twice. Mm. He's tapped him actually once. long the... time ago, though, right? I did see mm, 2017, was... ADCC beat him, and then okay. a year or two before that, he tapped him.
2: I did see in the comments on any of these posts about this match, Gordon, obviously, he loves to get in the comment section on social media. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just want Felipe to see what's coming for him. Like, mm. basically trying to... was I mean, like, how scared is he watching that? And I like, get
1: it, but you also are right two. <laughs>
2: yeah. you gotta you gotta sell it though right yeah, i, get I it. did want to say also on that card um the the i think it's the main event or the champion isaac mitchell
0: oh my gosh and two kyle, hours kyle chambers so i watched this wno card um i watched 48 minutes of that match and i i was like i gotta go to bed they got, you gotta was, get
2: done with the no time limit. it was a
0: no time limit it got to 99 minutes and basically they were like we <laughs> gotta get gordon ryan out here so they stopped the match moved him to a mat in the back brought gordon out and Pedro, and let those two keep going in the back and it went 90 or yeah it went two hours was, uh, it, was it 120 minutes, minutes? Yeah. yeah and finally uh isaac Tapped him I think I can't remember What it was with Well, but. him
1: and That was like Him and Keenan Went like what, Almost three hours And then yeah. Gordon Finally caught him In a kill oh, or something Dude just like That's why we team. don't do The no time limit stuff yeah, just, yeah especially yeah. at that level Yeah it's And then you
2: silly. had The 6'7 the guy Who's Jordan Or oh, Gordon's big Oh <laughs>
0: my gosh dude <laughs> That dude's a monster <laughs> He yeah He's He's, he's gonna you be In ADC the, He's
1: on one of the Teams isn't he mm-hmm. Yeah he's on thing? Uh, P- Pettis team Yeah Pettis basically Let Gordon Handpick the whole team Yeah he went through That and took Krause's entire team Pretty much by himself, and he's
0: like six seven, dude. Yeah, and,
1: and he's I mean, a blue belt. Just throw that out there. At this point,
2: maybe That is not a blue belt. Maybe. Who's the blue?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at That's
2: this point, he might just be trying to like groom him to give Gordon just to give himself a challenge later down the road, like he oh. did with other members of the team. Dude, he
0: is scary. Him at ADCC is going to be very interesting. I think. Um, I want to see him in Big Orlando. That's what I want to see. Mm. Match those two up early. That's it, Brandon we get out of here song of the week
1: what you got song us? of the week again uh i'm gonna go a little old school old school like i'd say as yeah, old school we're gonna go acdc hell's bells
0: nice. nice hell's
2: is bells john what is your one for the people um had a good weekend man went to the farmer's market on saturday went swimming got a pool now so that's fun so i'm out in the sun dude <laughs> there ahead. you go i'm out in the heat man so catch keep, me with a slight tan you know what i'm saying keep it up like keep it, it up
1: was my one for the people? Yep. Oh, so uh started a new book. Actually, it's it's really, really good book. I want to recommend it to anybody. It's called How to Have an Impossible Conversation by that same guy you were talking about on YouTube. I got his book, Peter Bogosian. Oh. He does mm. the street epistemology stuff. Um, Very, very informative, insightful book. So just throwing that out there. I'll let you guys know what I think when I finish it.
0: I just finished a good book. Remember or forget the Alamo. Excuse me. I think I talked about it a little last mm-hmm. week. Highly recommend it if you're into history, any type of that stuff. Uh, yeah. It's always funny when you realize the stuff in history that is not what we're taught. And then when you realize why it's not taught in the po- the politics that play into our education system, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And on I'm both sure, sides, right? On both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So very interesting stuff there. Can uh, tell yeah. your
2: nephew about the truth of that when he
0: tells you about, hey, I learned about both at in school? We so don't, don't really down. learn it in Indiana. Oh, I, th- I feel like we, maybe we mention it but it's like one paragraph yeah, in it's your not, history. Yeah, books yeah it's definitely not pushed heavy. It's nothing. Yeah. But in Texas it's like oh, I, they, bet. I think it's like half of their like seventh grade curriculum or something oh, for social studies or something. So it's a big deal. But yeah, I don't have anything else. I'm really claustrophobic. I don't I've never really talked about it too much. Don't like tight spaces. Um, I've gone down this like crazy wormhole of watching cave diving on YouTube. And I don't know why I do it to myself. It's like watching the faces of death for me. Yeah. Where it's like you just can't look away, but I like get really sweaty. So the other night I'm watching one of, and I won't go crazy into detail, but it's a video about, um, it's called like the putty slip cave. I don't remember.
1: Oh, yeah. This guy got stuck Mm -hmm. in
0: essentially what they said was the size of like a washer or a dryer upside down
1: yep mm-hmm. he ends
0: up dying yeah. but like
1: he uh, uh, had to like bring his family dude uh, didn't they have
2: to like bring his family down there to tell him goodbye and stuff once they, they gave realized- a walkie talkie. yeah
0: um, but oh my gosh I watched this video as I'm going to bed <laughs> <laughs> <A> horrible <laughs> woke idea woke up with the sweats I couldn't sleep I was like my heart was pounding I was like get this blanket sweaty. off of me, so close dude I had to get up get a drink of water like sit down like <laughs> whoo. Like breathe for like the whole time. I'm like, I gotta turn this off, but I can't look away. And now my YouTube recommended is nothing but freaking <laughs> it's cave. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like I got stuck in so and so
2: cave. You have like, to start thumbing uh, down those videos so it gosh, pushes it out of your. Do you not really? recommend.
0: I can't stop watching though, and it just like I freak out watching them. But uh,
2: do you ever get weird like that with jujitsu?
0: Uh, a little bit like yeah. when you get locked up in like a for weird sure. spot. Yeah, dude. So freshman year football, I I broke my ribs in eighth grade, so I didn't play eighth grade football. So coming out. My freshman year, I remember for the first three weeks of practice, when I put my helmet on for the first time, I hadn't worn a helmet in almost two years, freaked out. Like, Mm -hmm. just like having something like that close took me so long to get accustomed to having a football helmet on um that's how like bad it is mm. so i don't like heights either so if you're trying to mm. fight
2: nathan in out in the streets bear
1: hug oh dude that's my Like thing. that's him like on top of something <laughs> yeah that's like, the
0: thing with like roller like riding rides it's like it's heights and you're like locked in
1: and i just i, I gotta know. get you on a roller coaster it won't happen like, one. Oh no Would we you do it for like a thousand dollars no dude we $1, went for thousand we went to king's
2: island no. and this dude wasn't trying to get on the beastie let alone the beast Yeah, oh
0: my god will not happen.
2: That man. makes me so sad. It's
0: it's just, it's it's high it's, and then it's claustrophobic. I mean, we I, mean, just I don't love. Like it. One time
2: we went to we were supposed to do a zip lining at like a camp. And it was I mean it was pretty high up, but it wasn't like the highest ones that go. This man puts the harness on, gets halfway up, turns around nope
0: that's <laughs> just like it's <laughs> goes working. back down takes it off No. Nope. so
1: no water slides either nothing nope. like that
0: nope don't do water slides either Jeez. yeah nope it just
1: I, makes me sad man.
0: It, does, it sucks, man it does it sucks man I wish I could do it but not for everybody no paragliding for him nope never, never that no hot air balloons <laughs> bungee jumping but ladders Did yeah. you get on your roof I don't Ash usually does it I usually hold the ladder what? <laughs> <laughs> man of the year sign him up <laughs> like you are not dropping I promise <laughs> boys that's it we'll be back next Peace. week oh. recapping UFC London and getting you ready for UFC 277. Yow meow. See you guys then. Peace.